An exclusive interview with Joe Flanagan on GateWorld.net. This is David Reed for GateWorld.net. I'm on the phone with uh, Joe Flanagan, Major John Shepard on Stargate Atlantis. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing very good. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Joe, can you tell us about the moment you found out you had won the role of John Shepard? There wasn't exactly a specific moment that I can recall, but it, it happened within a 24-hour kind of time frame. And um, what happened is my manager was at the Golden Globe, uh-huh. and one of his clients had won a Golden Globe. Uh-huh. And the president of MGM Television went up to congratulate him. Uh-huh. And in the course of this conversation, he said, I don't know what to do. I've got this new series I'm starting, and I can't find my lead guy. Do you know anybody that fits this description? And um, he said, actually, I do. Oh, wow. And um, why don't you meet with him tomorrow morning? <laughs> and so I met with him the following morning, and it was pretty much a done deal. It just it happened much more quickly than most most. Uh, come together. Right. It came together really fast. It was relatively painless. And we didn't go through one of these long, lengthy uh, uh, negotiations. Everything was, it was, it was really nice. It was, a, it was the type of experience you hope to have. Rachel said she went through five or six auditions. She did, and I was there with her. Oh, my gosh. Because I read for I, 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 After that, I read with all the other actors uh-huh. who were auditioning for the part. And, yes, they did. They took her through a much more painful process. <laughs> so uh, she, deserves, she deserves more. Right. Uh, what was it that they were looking for that uh, MGM just said, wow, we've got, we've got the guy right here? God, you know, I, it's hard for me to objectively tell you uh-huh. what it is, but I, I would probably say that it might be a mix of of um, of lightness, uh-huh. a little sarcasm without a little cynicism. Right. Um, it was a fine balance. I knew what they were going for, so for me it was relatively simple. Um, they explained very well, and and uh, I knew exactly what they wanted. And it wasn't very far from a few characters that I played before. Okay. So, it wasn't um, to me it was relatively easy to do that okay and, right uh, I, I guess that's what they wanted okay they hired me. Uh, Rainbow's uh, screen test it, in some of his dialogue he talks about how Shepard went back and uh, disobeyed orders from a superior officer and went back and saved a couple of uh, fallen comrades but that's not necessarily canon because it was a, str- a screen test, and uh, we didn't know really much much about it. Was wanting to know if you knew specifically why Shepard was so at odds with Sumner uh, in the terms of um, a recognition of uh, authority. Well, it, it actually does. It goes back to that specific event, um, and uh, it it is for disadvantage. Right. That's the backstory. The backstory is that in Afghanistan, there was a situation where a couple of his comrades were rescued, um, and that was.
unceremoniously to a different post in the Antarctic. Right, to McMurdo. Yeah, no. Was it McMurdo? Is that what it was? I, I think it was he McMurdo. You more than me. All I know is a big ice. <laughs> <laughs> Basically for latrine duty. <laughs> You're right, that's what it was. <laughs> my, my dad, I have to tell you, my dad is a helicopter pilot, and he was absolutely tickled to find out that there was a helicopter pilot leading Atlantis. He thought that was so cool. It was also the funnest part to shoot. Really, to 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 do the flying sequence. Yeah, that was a blast. Are Are you a science fiction fan? You know, it's interesting. I've been asked that question a lot, and I always said no. I'm not really a science fiction fan. Uh-huh. I, in contrast to the avid science fiction fan, right? Um, I never considered myself a science fiction fan. But when a lot of people ask me what my favorite movie. A lo- and TV shows. I found myself actually listing predominantly science fiction shows. Really? And and I realized that I was really I was a science fiction fan, but for some reason I didn't see myself. Like um, you had defined it as something else, and like, hmm, maybe I am. You know, I defined it as as something that was, um, you know, for one, I I missed a lot of the Star Trek. Uh, Craze. Right. Um, and so I I pictured Trekkies. Okay. You know, people like Costumes. Who knew all the details of every show and everything. Okay. And um, I instead found myself really into things like Blade Runner, 2001 Space Odyssey, mm-hmm. and a number of other things like that. And and in the process, I realized that I was a science fiction fan uh-huh. of a slightly different nature. And now, I'm actually a, a newly converted man. Do, do your boys get into Atlantis? Uh, my little boy. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, one's four and a half and one's two. Oh, okay. Um, little too young. A four and a half year old. Um, I'm. He likes it quite a bit. I'm somewhat selective about what what to let him see. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, there were a couple of those. Because sometimes he's not quite sure. He thinks his dad. When I go to work and I walk out the door and jump in the van, he thinks that I'm, I actually go off to space. <laughs> and the sad thing is I don't want to dissuade him from that because that's a fairly heroic thing for a son to Right, father does. right. <laughs> um, so yeah, pretty, soon, pretty soon he won't have such high opinions of his father, so <laughs> I thought it should last as long as possible. So from his point of view, Atlantis is real. <laughs> it, well, he's been to set. Oh, he has. And it's very interesting. I'm fascinated what actually takes place in his little, his little mind because I don't know what he knows is real <laughs> and what is fictional. Right. And he knows there's work and he knows there's a, an actual set. Right. I'm not sure what he, he knows is real and what isn't real. Well, that's going to be interesting to see him grow up with the series in the coming years. It will be, yeah. One year of shooting has been completed already. Is the experience as a whole different than what you imagined when you first started? Yes. It is? Yes. Okay, have you, have you stopped to think, oh God, what have I gotten myself into? Um, yes. <laughs> 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 I, I have thought that on a few occasions, but that's nothing unusual because I've, I've thought that on a lot of projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, science fiction um, tends to focus on special effects, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, on 
little taken back by that um, on a few occasions because it became clear to me that we had this big expensive set that had to be seen. And I had come from the tradition of shooting one-hour dramas right. where the sets were not that important. What they did is they primarily did close-ups and they dealt with interpersonal tensions and all those types of things. And uh, it was it was a different animal. Right. More so characters. It was a little hard to get used to in that regard. But then when you see all the pieces put together, it, it was really entertaining. And then I pretty much surrendered to it, and it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> what is your favorite show from this year? I think my so far my favorite show is probably the Storm in the Eye. Storm in the Eye. Two hours. And the second part being particularly good, which is the eye. And the eye actually is aired. It's already in Canada. Anywhere when we return. Right. Um, that's really good. Underground was also really good. Okay. Um, and then we have a few ones that are coming up that are really a lot, a lot of fun. And, and and the more action there is, to me, the better the episode. <laughs> You like that and, physical uh, stuff? So I can't get enough action. I'm always asking for more action. And, uh, you know, action is expensive. Right. So you have to be somewhat careful about how much action you really put right. feasibly into an episode. And uh, also action is time Right. So you have a, you know, if you have a 60-page script and it's kind of broken down, or 44 pages roughly is what a script is. Right. In a page roughly. If it's dialogue. But, you know, what? Ten of those pages are action. You're probably talking about a much slower pace than right. a minute of pace. Right. So you have all these variables. But I, the reason I like action is because you know we do air all over the world, and I think it's something everybody can relate to. Right. Well, sure. And uh, more importantly, I have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, the eye. We've seen some previews. Uh, shots for the eye, you definitely do get a lot of physical workout in that yeah. episode. So that, we're looking forward to that here in the U.S. We haven't got it yet. So. That's, um, the only, that's the only exercise I actually get. <laughs> uh, what is your most uh, poignant memory from this past year? What first comes to mind out of the entire year? Um, I would say the, the, I think it was the second episode we for the third episode called 38 Minutes. Uh-huh. I was on the floor all for eight days shooting the yeah. episode. Yeah. I had a bug on me. Right. And it was this big, classic, ugly bug <laughs> that looked, you know, completely phony. It hurt like hell. And I was on my back. Uh-huh. And I thought, well... I don't know what the producers are doing, but there's something very uh, sadistic about this. <laughs> because, I mean, I mean, I, I, I actually die in the episode. Right. I don't know. We're going to have to arrive to start it. Um, and I just thought that it was it was very funny sitting there, uh, lying on my back for eight days with a bug on my neck. <laughs> and, and you hear people saying things like, oh, put more blood on the bug. Oh. It became clear to me that I was actually fully immersed in the science fiction genre. <laughs> <laughs> and 
at that point. It, uh, that was a funny moment. When they pulled that thing off, that was absolutely, it grossed me out. <laughs> and I've seen a lot of gory stuff. It was. I mean, people, like I said, it's remarkable. These guys are really good at what they do. Because if you saw the bug, I mean, we were joking about it. We thought that they should take the acne label off. Right. I mean, that we thought it was phony and ridiculous. But it by worked. the time they got finished with it, with special effects, it looked like a good one. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I mean, what you experience there in reality and what you obviously see on screen is two very different things. Very different, right. Oh, yeah. Do you have a wish list for Shepard in year two? You know, I actually, um, I don't so much think in terms of a wish list for the character uh -huh. as I do for the show. Oh, okay. Because I find it, well, they're kind of inextricable. I mean, I think about Shepard and the show. And he is the show. I don't just think about Shepard. I think they're just intertwined. Uh-huh. But what I'd like to see the show do, and I think where the show's going to go, is that the city of Atlantis is essentially the size of Manhattan. Right. And it's empty. Right. So we get to explore the city, which is really exciting. And there are, there are endless discoveries to make. And the city actually has a potential. It, it has a higher cosmic purpose. Uh -huh. And it will slowly come to life and fulfill the higher purpose of why Atlantis was built and why it was moved. Okay. And I think that is going to be exciting. But it really requires us incrementally building the, mytholo the mythology of our show, uh -huh. which will take a few seasons. Right. And then these pieces will fall together. And it'll become a fairly sophisticated mythology, a self-sustaining mythology. And then I think uh, that's what I wish for. I think that's where we're headed. And I think that I don't think it's too optimistic to think this will happen. Have you had discussions with producers to that end? Uh, yeah, I have. Okay. And it's pretty exciting. I mean, we have so many options that it's really exciting. And the great thing about science fiction is that you don't, you really have no limitations. Right. When, when people said, oh, you're going off to do this new science fiction show, it, it, uh, it's really exciting. I had a couple fellow actors that were telling me how exciting it was and how much they wanted to do it. And, and one of their reasons was there are no limitations. Mm -hmm. You take any idea, it can be explored. You're not even by the time space continues. Correct. So, Correct. I mean, it is exciting. The only limit really is the human mind to come up with this that, stuff. That's exactly, well, human mind, the human mind and of course that, that nagging budget. <laughs> that's right. That's the other one. <laughs> that's our time space continues. <laughs> Do you feel Shepard is compared to O'Neill too often? You know, before we actually aired, he was compared all the time. And now, after the show's aired, uh -huh. I never I never get asked that question anymore. Really? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Well, I take that as a good sign. Um, and, you know, there, there's no doubt when they, they went off to write this new series that 
wanted a lead, a male lead character, right, who potentially had the ability to lead a group of people through all sorts of uh, adventures, and they like Richard Dean Anderson quite a bit, right, but they didn't want a Richard Dean Anderson uh, copy, uh-huh. um, and that was the question I think that was the most asked question um, as we led up to our premiere. Okay. And then since the premiere, nobody has asked me that question. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can take it well, back. Well, no, I mean, you're <laughs> more than welcome to ask that question, but actually, I'm just saying that it hasn't been asked anymore, and I just take that as a sign that people are accepting the characters as, as their own characters. Right, right, as, so, uh, as he is. And listen, I think he's a great character. I don't think it would be a bad thing. But uh, I, I, they're really fundamentally different characters. Right. I think that um, the primary difference is that Shepard really is, by nature, an optimist. Right. <laughs> he, he does believe that things. He does believe that people will do the right things when given the opportunity, and he does believe that things will work out. And uh, I think that that may be the difference Well, it seems to me that uh, one of the hallmarks of Stargate is sarcasm and making fun of science fiction while science fiction is being brought to the screen. And a leading man presenting that would probably, would definitely have to have some of those qualities. Oh, yeah. So, that's that's where I think they're in common, but other than that, two totally different people. Yeah, yes, and you know what? I wouldn't even want to do the show unless that was there. The sarcasm? Right. That, to me, is the single greatest strength of uh, Stargate. Right. Is that ability to constantly, um, you know, they're, they're, you know, a little wink of the eye to the audience. <laughs> right. It is. We are having fun with the genre. Right. And yet we're not making fun of the twisting it, and, uh, and we're having fun with it, but, uh, you know, not enough to mock the material. Correct. Which I think, and, and when you said, what were they looking for in the character, uh-huh. that was an important part of it, the ability to put some sarcasm into the character without mocking the material. Right. So, uh, now I think that's we get, a, we get some absolute genius stuff in there where we talk about Star Trek. <laughs> we even talk about MacGyver. Right. I mean, and to me, that, that is the future television. It's, it may be self-referential, but it makes for great television. Right, it does, yeah. Are you pleased with Atlantis's ratings? Oh, yeah, very much. Are you surprised by them, or was it something you were expecting? I am surprised by them. Um, I had done a number of pilots and things before, and I've, I've learned not necessarily to lower my expectations, but I've learned to suspend my expectations. It's very hard to know what's going to succeed and what isn't going to succeed. Right. And um, I just simply suspended my expectations, and uh, I, you know, well, it's hard to suspend your expectations, but I put them in a somewhat safe place, so I wouldn't be disappointed in case things didn't go well. 
Yeah. So I can't imagine, you know, asking for anything more in that regard. Statistically, people have been saying that Atlantis has actually been helping SG-1 to get higher ratings. Well, there's a lot of theories, and when you get on set and you talk to the guys in SG-1 or the guys in Atlantis, there's a, it's the source of uh, a lot of competition. <laughs> well, people good. People have a lot of fun with theorizing, you know, which show is supporting the other show. <laughs> Um, are there any qualities about SG-1 that you hope Atlantis will take on as it matures and gets older? You know, I, it's hard for me to answer that because, I mean, I, what I want is a long-term loyal fan base. Right. Um, why they have a long-term loyal fan base, I couldn't really tell you. I'm sure there's different reasons. I can't think of anything. What I just want is characters that are, you know, three-dimensional and multifaceted, entertaining. Right. And, and, you know, I think that a lot of entertainment, I go to just as much entertainment as everybody else. I don't like watching movies or TV shows where you can't root for your heroes. Right. Because your heroes aren't, those, aren't that great of people. Right. And so... I think that I like rooting for people if I like those characters. So I I want characters that people find redeeming and entertaining. Right. And uh, if SG-1 has that, I know I'd want it too. <laughs> I can't think of anything really that SG-1 has that... that you know, I just think we're such a different show. I'm not really sure that... I haven't really thought of it that way. Let's put it this way. Okay. I, I really haven't thought that way. Okay. Um, but I would like get to get back to Earth. Oh, yeah. So, well, that and that's going to be happening. Uh, the producers have been saying that you're not going to be uh, Stargate Voyager forever. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. Battlestar Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um, what interpersonal relationships between Shepard and the others, would you like to see strengthened in the coming years? Um, well, I think that what I'd like to see is, um, I, and I think some of our better episodes have been um, when there's a, uh, a, a, a real nemesis for Shepard, uh-huh. I think that it makes for a good show. Like Kolya? Yeah, but and I mean a really powerful one that has uh, has long term. Okay. You know, uh, you know, multi episode life. Steve. Um, that's a real threat. Okay. I think that that makes for a really good show. Okay. And it's also fun to work against. The more obstacles there are for your character, the more fun it is to take that character on. Right. So I'd like to see some, you know, real obstacles and by way of, like, a, a real memory. Um, the, uh, the, the art form in particular really embraced the Steve Wraith, and uh, it really took off with, uh, with you playing against uh, him and him being in the cell for so long. How, was, that a, was that a good experience as a, as a, as a villain that uh, 
Shepard just didn't take seriously. You know, it's actually, that was funny. We talked a, long, a lot about that um, scene because um, the Brad, our producer, loved the name Steve. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> and I really believe this firmly, that Bob was a much better name. Really? <laughs> and so we sat around and argued about this. I was like, oh, Bob's so much better. Bob's so banal. <laughs> no, Steve's better. And, and literally, we talked like this for quite a long time. He said, nope, we're going with Steve. So we went with Steve, and the reaction to it was kind of crazy. Uh-huh. People went nuts for the guy. <laughs> but what was interesting was that that scene, when we shot it, was right during the Abu Ghraib prison problem. Okay. And we were sitting there in our uniforms with our flags. We all have our country's flag. Uh-huh. And I thought that we had to be really sensitive about this. Right. If people draw in comparisons, and maybe they will or maybe they won't. And chances are some will and some won't. Right. But, um, so it actually took us in a direction that turned out to be kind of interesting, which was kind of more of a sympathetic approach. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And 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 sure enough, I mean, people were really sad to watch the guy die. <laughs> well, they so. just thought he was so short-lived. Yeah, like, like he could have went on for so much longer. He could have. Well, there'll be more wraith to come. Right, and isn't there like another wraith that you name coming up? Yeah, there is. Okay. <laughs> okay. There is. It, well, it's interesting that uh, uh, we're made the comment about the Geneva Convention, and I think it was you that said, uh, well, if the Wraith were at the Geneva Convention, the Wraith would have tried to eat everyone, so... That's right. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely outside of the... Yeah, well, you can see we're just, it's, it's, it's a thinly veiled comment of today's current album, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And that's what sci-fi does so well. It really does. Uh... Do you feel the writers will take Shepard and Taylor's relationship the distance, or is this just something temporary? Well, I think they just have to be really careful. Right. You know, I, I, I don't... I think the urgency that the, the, the team has each episode has to be paramount. Right. And that when they start getting into romantic um, venues... Uh-huh. In some ways, it doesn't seem appropriate. Uh huh. Right. And yet, at the same time, it's also real life. Right. People in the middle of war have relationships, so it's done. It just has to be done in a way, you know, appropriate to context of what situation. Our situation is fairly dire. Right. Uh huh. So dilly dallying around, liking various people, and flirting with them. In some ways. I think to lose the urgency of our uh, of our show. So we're going to do it, but we're going to do it in a way that you know I think satisfies both both groups. Okay. Um, will Shepard ever get to make use of your skateboarding skills? God, I hope so. <laughs> because I I keep telling him like no the surfing. I said you know we're we got a vast giant ocean. We have some massive waves here. I think that would make a great episode. Can you they, surf? They, 
they, they obviously aren't. They're, they, they, they kindly nod their heads and then I think they say, you know, just, poor kid just misses Malibu. Well, it's not every day that it, that the lead man can skateboard around the, the lot all the time, and I, I I just thought that would be a really cool little addition. I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm deeply attached to that thing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> How long I have you been? Get, I love getting around on that thing. That, that's a, I have to say that's a beautiful board that you have. I've never well, seen I one know. quite like that. I contacted the guy at the company, and I told him... Uh, that, that uh, you know, we're, we're spending a lot of time, people are asking me a lot of questions about it. So, uh, he sent me up a new board. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. Totally cool. Um, do you hope to cross over into SG-1 in the future? For like an episode or two? Yeah, I do. And I, I and, and vice versa. Okay. And, and, and I think that will happen. Okay. But, um, it won't be like this open avenue. Right. I don't think it Right. Uh, do you plan to stay on board Atlantis uh, for as long as the show lasts? Um, I don't know how long it'll last. Ain't <laughs> that the truth? You know, we're looking thirty-five years from now. If you ask me that question, well. signed on for six years, is that correct? No, I don't, you know, I saw that, and I, I thought to myself, I don't remember that. I better go look at it. I better go look at that again. Okay, so. Better, maybe I should hire you as my agent. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, I appreciate uh, you taking the time to chat with us, yeah. and, and uh, definitely look forward to talking with you in, in uh, the years to come. Likewise. GateWorld.net, your complete guide to Stargate.